I said today is the beginning. I said today is the beginning. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I told you that's all I got. Praise God. Well, that's running material, though. That's running material. Matter of fact, they ran this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. We got a guy in our church. He runs all the time, but he's from Iran. No, seriously, he is. He is from Iran. He's a, he was a former Muslim, got saved, and, and he, uh, he led his mom and his daddy and his brothers and sisters and all, all so many of them back, I mean, led them to Jesus. And man, you just say a little something, he takes off running. Praise God. And I tell the church, he runs because he's from Iran. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. 1980, my wife and I got saved in 1978, wasn't it? Yeah, 78. And I was a Methodist minister prior to that, wasn't saved. It's good to have your pastor saved, I tell you right now. <laughs> Praise God. Served two Methodist churches down in Fayetteville, North Carolina, wasn't saved, and left the ministry, went out in the business world, and, um, and uh, uh, got messed up. Got saved, glory to God. Then, then I got messed up, I got filled with the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, Woo! glory, speaking in other tongues. Then I got even messed up more, I heard about Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, and the Word of God. I mean, it took me, it, it changed this old Methodist, I'll just tell you right now. That'll change a Methodist. Can you say amen? Then I was invited to a Bible study. You know, I was attending a church in our area and uh, teaching a Sunday school class and, you know, had, uh, had, had about 80 to 100 people in the Sunday school class and we'd have praise and worship on Sunday morning and then the people come and they moved us from every room in that church. We went, then they finally moved us into the gymnasium. And we had about 100 people in our class, and we're having praise and worship, and I'm teaching the Word. And then I get invited to a Bible study. So we go out to this couple's house, and this gentleman comes out and said, Tonight I want to teach you the Word of God. And he began to teach the Word of God, and I sat there. I thought, I know more than you do. <laughs> I sat there with my arms crossed, just like this. And I got nothing. Went back the next Monday night. Sat there looking at him like some of y'all looking at me right now. Hallelujah. <laughs> like, where'd you come from? And then the third Monday, I knew I had to go that night. I told the Lord that afternoon, I said, Lord, I got to go tonight because my wife is making me. Hallelujah. I'm a good submitted husband. Praise God. <laughs> so I went. I said, but tonight, God, I want to receive something. I need to receive your word. And that night, my life was drastically changed. I heard the word of faith. I heard the word of God taught for the first time outside of any doctrine added, added to it that changed my life. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the gentleman that taught that Bible study is with us tonight. Glory to God. And we've been friends ever since. We've been, we've been doing ministry together since 1980, glory to God. And, uh, and he pastors in Gastonia. He's on the board of ICCF. He's come tonight to help lay hands on your pastor, to ordain your pastor, to just acknowledge something that has already been done. Amen. So, uh, and uh, I would like for you to do me a huge favor. I want you to... Give Pastor Chris DeChaccio 
a great big huge. He's been here before, I think, hasn't he? Y'all all know him. Get up here, Pastor Chris. Hallelujah. Give it up for Dr. DiCaccio. Hallelujah. I love you. I love you. I love you. Praise God. Glory to God. How is everybody? <clears throat> you love Jesus? Amen. We, got, we came to celebrate some gifts tonight. How many of you know you got gifts in you too? But we're going to celebrate senior pastor and wife tonight. Amen? Amen. How refreshing it must be to God Himself that we would take the time to do this. I was sitting there and I was thinking about God's view things we know from the Word of God He's looking down He's able to see what's false and He's able to see what's real He knows what's phony and He knows what's right and He knows what's real He knows what's accurate He knows what's truth He knows what's error and He has to see false prophets He has to see people with false gifts He has to see people running around claiming this and claiming that. How refreshing it must be to see a gathering tonight of integrity. Amen. Would you say integrity? integrity? You know, Pastor Whitfield and myself, we have known this couple for how long? Not too long. How many? About three years getting to know them and the more we know about them, the more we love them. Amen. And one thing I can say, you've got some choice gifts that have integrity and they have a heart of God and I tell you what they deserve this night I'm glad you're going to participate amen now we're going to be celebrating these two gifts right here tonight but how many of you know that uh, even though this is an ordination service tonight you could get born again <laughs> You could get filled with the Holy Ghost and pray in other tongues. Amen. You could have supernatural healing take place in your body. You could be delivered from something. I mean, you've already been given a new beginning. So it might start with, that new beginning has got to start with something, and it might be something you hear in the next hour or so. Amen. So, you got your antennas up? You're going to be listening? Amen. Well, Pastor's going to minister to us in just a little bit. I'm just going to lay a little bit of foundation. Because I think this should be serious, but it ought to be fun. I think we ought to have integrity with what we're doing tonight. The Bible teaches us that we're in the last days, and it's perilous times. The Lord pointed out to me, I don't know, probably 15... 20 years ago about the darkness and he says it won't be long until we'll move into gross darkness in this world how many of you can attest we're in the gross we are in the gross darkness right now we are definitely in the perilous times but I want you to know God was not setting up in heaven saying you know what when we get down to the last of the last days I really want me a, a good dose of perilous on the earth no, he had nothing to do with that. The Bible said, perilous times shall come. And the next verse says, for men shall be. And it goes on to talk about the choices of men and the things they have chosen to do and believe 
And, and the manifestation of those wrong choices make your life and ours perilous unless we know Jesus Christ and know how to live by faith and not by sight. Right. Amen. So we're doing a good thing tonight. And I want us to respect what we're doing. I mean, in our world tonight, we've got people that disrespect God's chosen people, the Jewish people. We know that. Isn't that right? Anti-Semitics everywhere. People do not mind anymore belittling a pastor. You know, I don't watch them, but I know they're on the television. There's many shows that they mock the pastor now. They don't respect pastors as they used to. It's a whole different world. But that doesn't change one promise that God has given us. And I believe because it is gross and because it is perilous times, we are here tonight. Everybody say tonight. tonight. For such a time as this. God is able to give you your own particular message out of one message tonight. Or two messages tonight. One short and one longer. Amen. But if you'll listen, you'll get your own message tonight to hook into your new beginning and see where do you go from tonight. What's next on your plate? Amen? So I want to take you back to the Old Testament. If you've got your Bibles, I'm going to have you to turn with me. I want to take you back to Jeremiah, the first chapter. We're going to look at just a handful of scriptures concerning ordination. Because it's important to God. How many of you know that God came up with that Bible you hold? Isn't that right? God came up with being born again. And it was God who came up with being ordained. I want us to look at Jeremiah's calling and his ordination. Yeah. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, it says, and this is God speaking, He says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. We could say the same about your pastors tonight. He's known them from way back. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, read out loud, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Notice who did the ordaining. God says He did it. Now, in our world today, we have papers that we can sign and have to sign, and we have red tape to go through with our state and our federal government and they will finally say okay then we recognize you are ordained you know what but we ordain before they ordain us we ordain when God calls us when God puts his hands on us when God puts his anointing on us that's when a person is ordained so he's really not being technically ordained tonight he's just going to be ordained tonight you figure that out. But he's already been ordained before he got the church service tonight. Then I said, oh, Lord God, take a look. Look at me. I can't speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, don't you say I'm a child. God's big on our words, isn't he? For you shall go to all that I shall send thee. Notice the sending goes with an ordination. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. So all of a sudden, ordination has requirements. Ordination has responsibility. And that responsibility, it is to the Lord God. 
That's why I say that you're blessed because you've got a man and a woman here tonight that that's who they follow. When they come to this place that I'm standing, they've been before the Lord. And they bring what He has them to bring. And thank God, it's changing your lives. Hallelujah. How many of you got a changed life because of this couple right here? Raise your hand. Amen. Oh, he's not through yet. If you say, well, I don't happen to have one. Well, hang on. Now let me take you over to the book of John, chapter 15. There's an Old Testament reference to being ordained. Let's get Jesus saying something about it. That was God saying something about it. Let's go to Jesus. John 15, and you know these verses. John 15, 16. He says, you have not chosen me, read out loud, but I have chosen you and ordained you. Oh my. That's, uh, you know, at that point you want to shout, man, Jesus has ordained me. Woo! Glory to God. But then there's a reason and a responsibility coming right close behind it, isn't it? I've ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. I'm looking at fruit. I'm looking at fruit. Some of it's ripe. Some of it's getting ripe. But I'm looking at fruit. And he says, I've ordained you that you would go forth and bring forth fruit that your fruit should remain. Look at your neighbor and say, I plan to hang around. And if you're asking the question, how long should I hang around? Let me tell you something. God himself sees you around least, at least until long life satisfied. That's God's promise to you, long life satisfied, bringing forth fruit in old age. Amen. And so he says, I want you to do that. I want you to bring forth fruit that will remain so that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Now, I hadn't planned to say this, but I feel it coming up. I hadn't said it in quite a while, so it'll be good to say it. Not long after the Lord called me into the ministry, he told me this. He said, son, he said, you know, my number one desire is to see people born again and come into the knowledge of the truth. And that's why I'm calling you. I want you to involve your whole rest of your life in doing that. And he said, concerning all of your needs and all of your wants and all the stuff that you're going to have to have, I want you just to go do what is important to me and then while you're doing that, I'm going to be back here taking care of all your needs. Hallelujah. So that you don't have to stop what, you, what is on my heart for you to do to meet all your needs. You're going to have your needs met and you're going to be able to go do what I called you to do. You know, he's been faithful to that all of these years. Amen. And so he's saying the same thing. He's putting this in like a circle or a cycle. You touch my people, I'll meet your needs. Since I've met your needs, you can go touch my people. And while you go touch my people, I'll keep meeting your needs. And the circle goes on and on. Amen. So we could make a simple statement. We could say, looks like God is for ordination. Looks like Jesus is for ordination. Amen. And so I want to kind of just lay a couple more thoughts before you so that you'll be into this tonight. 
I want you hooked into this tonight. It's more than just another ordination. This is a unique ordination. Doesn't make this couple better than anybody else, but it's unique because for whatever reason, God has ordained us to be here to do the ordaining that's being done. So I want to take you back now to Deuteronomy. I'm sorry, Numbers 27. Let's go to Numbers 27. And I want to bring you down to verse 18. I want you to follow along. I'm going to read a verse or two here. He says, And the Lord said to Moses, Take thee Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit. Read out loud, please. And lay thine hand upon him. So that's going to happen tonight. pastor's going to do that tonight. And set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation. Hey, you're involved in this tonight. And give him a charge in their sight. Pastor Whitfield will be most likely doing that. Or we'll do it together. The Spirit of God will show us. And give them a charge in their sight. So here you've got Moses setting someone before him, Joshua, and hands being laid on, and a charge given, and it's all to be done, you know, here before you. I mean, we could have saved all of us from coming. We could have went to the internet, and for 1995, we could have got him some papers. <laughs> we could be at the restaurant right now. But it might not have the power of God on it. It might not have the anointing on it. Can you say amen? amen. Now notice the next verse, 20. And thou shalt put some of thine honor upon him. Well, now, if God requires that of Pastor Whitfield and I, where are we going to get it? I don't know which pocket is it in. But he wants something called the honor that God has given us. You know, it's an honor for me to serve my father. And all I don't know all of the things about what God's done and why he's done it. I've just been along for the ride. I don't know why my ride's different than other ministers' ride, but I'm just fine with my ride right now. Amen? But he says you shall put some of your honor upon him, and then notice this. You've got to read it out loud. Everybody reading. That all the congregation of the children of Boomerang Church may be obedient. Woo! And he shall stand before Eleazar the priest who shall ask counsel for him after the judgment of Urim before the Lord. At his word shall they go out. And at his word, seems like the word's important, oh, they shall come in. Both he and all the children of Boomerang Church with him, even all the congregation. So do you see that you've got just as much part in this as your ministers do. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him, and he took Joshua and set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation. So we're going to get to that part in a little bit. And he laid his hands upon him and gave him a charge as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. Can you see Moses doing that? And he gave him that charge, and everybody gets to see it. Everybody gets to hear that. And you know... No doubt Moses at some point said, well, what I'm about to do right now is I'm going to lay my hands on Joshua, and when I lay my hands on him, I'm going to transfer the anointing of honor into this man. 
Well, you know, when the service was broken up, they could have went out and said, well, you know, I didn't really see any honor. I didn't see anything happen. I didn't feel anything. But he said when he laid hands on him that he transferred honor. How many of you know there's some things that you can't see, but they're just as real? There are going to be some things transferred tonight. However, the Spirit of God directs that. It's going to come upon them for your benefit. Tap yourself right there and say, for my benefit. So I want to do this before I sit down. Listen, if we were to ask the question about all this that happened there with Moses and Joshua, if we was to ask, well, did anything happen? Did it work? I want to let the Bible answer the question for you. Let's go to Deuteronomy 34. Deuteronomy chapter 34. And come down, if you will, to verse 9. You remember what Moses did, right? Laid his hand, gave him a charge, did it before the congregation. Let's read 34-9 together. You ready? And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom for... Wait a minute. For means because. Put that in there and let's read. Full of the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands upon him. And the children of Boomerang Church hearkened unto him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. Glory to God. So if you were in that first service with Moses and Joshua, you might not have seen anything with these eyes, but that didn't, that didn't make any difference because that honor, whatever it was, it moved through the hands, it moved into the man, amen. And it was told that it was a wisdom, a wisdom, be looking for a wisdom that you've never walked in before. Now I'm just going to read this one and I'm going to sit down. This is out of Acts 13.1. He says, Now there were in the church that was at Antioch prophets and teachers such as Barnabas and Simeon and Niger and Lucius and Serene and Mayan, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said. You say what he said. Say it again. He's the biggest participant in this tonight. The Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto, come on, I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they being sent forth by the what? Holy Ghost departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. Well, we don't know where we're going with this church. But we're going where God says to go with this church. Amen. God bless you. And Pastor Whitfield, come on up. Give him a great hand. Hard to reach the back. Well, you're dismissed, praise God. <laughs> what a word. Amen. You know, the thing we need to understand is, of course, Moses was unable to take the children of Israel into the promised land. It took a Joshua. Now, I don't know which one of us is Moses. 
But he's a lot older than I am. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. But there's one thing for sure. And that is tonight as we lay our hands on you. We're going to confer an anointing on you. We're going to release an anointing upon you. And after 34 years, 37 years, 30 some years, a bunch of years, a bunch of years, 32 years, we're going to release something on you. And there's one thing for sure, that after 34 years of pastoring, the opportunities that you go through, they're things you face. Only one time in the 34 years that we both want to make the decision to quit. One time in 34 years. We were kneeling beside the bed. She was on one side of the bed. I was on the other. And we just decided it's time to quit. I'm through. I'm fed up. I don't need this. I could do something else. I don't need all the heartache. I don't need all the, all the gossip. I don't need all the junk coming at me. And I went to my associate pastor's house that morning at 7.30. And I said, today by 3 o'clock, you might be the senior pastor of Agape Faith Church. I called Lester Summerall. I called Jerry Seville. I talked to them on the phone. Lester Summerall said, you ain't going nowhere! <laughs> so I didn't call him anymore. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. But, hallelujah. But that was the only time. The other times when there were opportunities that we faced... We had each other. I would encourage her. She would encourage me. There's one thing for sure. That the children of a pastor get hurt also. The children of a pastor go through things. That other children don't go through. Because the children of a pastor hear things that people will say about their mom and about their dad. The children of a pastor also. See I believe that when a man is called. I'm not saying that his wife is called to be pastor. But I'm saying that his wife is called to be with him. And now I'm not saying she's not called a pastor. But we're going to lay hands on the two of them tonight. We're not going to lay hands just on Pastor Bryant. We're going to lay hands on the two of them. And so we need to understand. That I believe according to what Pastor Chris has just shared. That as we lay our hands upon you tonight. And release an anointing upon you. And ordain you through ICCF and Agape Faith Church. As we do that. That that Joshua anointing is going to come upon you. And you are going to lead this congregation into the next phase of ministry. And you're going to take it to where Moses could not take it if you will. And you're going to take it. And the Bible says that Joshua rose up one morning and said get ready, 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 get ready. And he told the leaders and he told the people to send them throughout the camp and to let them know that it was time to get ready to go. Congregation, I'm telling you tonight, it is time for Boomerang woo, to get ready, to get ready, to get ready, to get ready, to get ready to go. Can you say amen? amen. Open your Bibles, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I used to read this every Monday morning. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 1. Every Monday morning I'd read this. Whether it was good or bad, it didn't matter. But First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 26. Let me read the scripture to you, Pastor. Hallelujah. For you see, your calling, brethren, your calling, brethren, your calling, brethren, your calling, brethren. 
Now look up at me just a minute. The word call, we need to understand. Pastor Chris just made the statement that calling, we're called. You are called. I called you before you even, I called you while you were in the womb. We need to understand what the word call means. The word call, if we go back to the beginning and, the, and, and we go back to the, to, to the book of Genesis, which that is the beginning, hallelujah. If we go back to the beginning, the Bible says that everything that Adam called, when Adam called the animals, that's what they were. So the word call there, the original Hebrew, the word call means uh, that what is inside of that animal and everything that was necessary for that animal to be what Abraham, I mean, what, uh, who was in the garden? Adam. What Adam, <laughs> hallelujah, what Adam called it, then when he spoke that name, everything that was necessary for that animal to for that animal to be what he called it to be was released into it. Glory to God. Did that come out? Did I get that out? Glory to God. Boy, that took me a while. So in other words, when that four-legged, when that four-legged animal came out with the long tail and the horns and, and so forth, he said, cow. Cow have horns? Yeah. Or an udder. What, they have an udder? Cow. Cow, that's a cow. It's going to get gooder, okay? <laughs> cow. He said cow. When he said cow, boom, everything that was necessary for a cow to be a cow was a cow. Hallelujah. Then when that next four-legged animal came out with the long tail and the mane, he said horse. Everything that was necessary for that horse to be a horse was released into that horse. Aren't you glad he didn't call that? Now what if he'd have first, what, what if he'd have called the first four-legged animal a horse? We'd be right and call the second one cow. We'd be riding cows and milking horses. Hallelujah. So, but my point is, everything, everything. So tonight, he's already been pastor. But tonight we're going to call. He's, his calling is coming forth like never before into an ordination. And we're going to release into him and everything he needs. As Pastor Chris said, everything he needs is going to be released into this place tonight. Hallelujah. Now, it's very important. It's very important that this congregation understands he is not Brian. From this moment forward, he's not Brian. Now, he's going to have to get used to this, too. But this moment forward, when you call him Brian, you get Brian. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Brian can't help you. Yeah. Now, wait a minute now. I call Brian sometimes because I need help with some... He's, he's pretty savvy when it comes to the technical stuff. Yeah. I'm technically challenged. <laughs> so I've had him... I've called him at the last minute on something. When I was in Texas one time, I called... But, so he's, he's good at stuff like that. But when you call him Brian, you know what you get? You get Brian. How many would rather have pastor? How many would rather have pastor rather than Brian? My wife calls me pastor. My children call me pastor when they're around the church. Other times I ain't going to tell you what they call me. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. But my wife calls me pastor. I don't ever hear my name. When I hear my, most everywhere I go, I'm called pastor. 
Not because I'm the greatest pastor. But no, that's, but that's what they're calling. So that's what they're getting. And that's what's changing and helping them. And so, are y'all with me? So from now on, y'all got to call him pastor. Now if you want to call him Pastor Brian, that's fine. But don't call him Brian. People come through the line, hug my neck and call me JB. I know they ain't been there long. JB, I look around and see who it is. Hallelujah. Are y'all with me? No, but now let's look at your calling, Pastor. Let's look at your calling. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise. <laughs> not many wise, according to the flesh, are called. Not many wise. I read this about, I used to read this every Monday. Because it made me realize, I don't care what kind of... You might think you preached the greatest sermon. You ought to go read this right after church on Sunday. And help yourself. Not many wise are called. This is Paul writing. Not many wise. Not many mighty. Not many noble are called. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad we're not called according to the flesh? Aren't you glad we're not called according to our natural ability? Aren't you glad we're not trying to pastor you in the flesh and pastor you with our natural ability? Aren't you? Because I can tell you right now, you can't do what pastors are supposed to do in your natural ability. It cannot be done. It's got to be done by the Spirit and by the leading of the Spirit. Can you say amen? Why in the world would somebody want to pastor if you ain't called? I have young guys come to me all the time, and they want a pastor, they want a pastor, they want a pastor. So I asked her, I said, are you called to pastor? I think so. I said, well, when you figure it out, come back and see me. Hallelujah. Because thinking ain't going to get it in pastoring. Glory is your pastor. Hallelujah. You better know. Not being a noble. That word noble there means well born. In other words, born in high rank. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I didn't do real good in school. I wasn't well born. I didn't do good in English. I didn't do good in history. I did real good in P.E. <laughs> Amen. I got an A in P.E. Homeroom, I got an A. But the rest of them we're not talking about. Not many noble are called. Not many wise are called. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I make up words when I preach. <laughs> Amen? But not many wise. But you know what? I'm not ashamed that there are things I don't know. I'm not afraid to let folk, I don't know something. Why? Because I'm not trying to, I'm just trying to step into my calling. And we want you to walk in your calling, the two of you to walk in your calling, and she's a whole lot prettier and a whole lot smarter than you are. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Then look at this. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame things which are mighty. Glory to God. Foolish things of the world. But then, look at verse 28. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. Glory to God. Man, that gives me hope. I know He can use me. Amen. You ought to know He can use you. That no flesh. This is the reason that we need to read this every Sunday, every Monday. We need to read this more than once. Because so no flesh. So you won't begin thinking it's you. 
glory to God. That no flesh will glory in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That no flesh will glory in the presence of God. Can you say amen? amen. Now go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And Pastor Chris read that scripture a moment ago. And he said that Moses came out. And he laid his hands upon Joshua. And he gave him a charge. Right now I'm going to give you a charge. Very simple charge. That's what we're here to do tonight. Is to give you a very simple charge. And we're giving it to the two of you tonight to your family verse 1 I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom now the word charge here is a word which means I Paul is telling Timothy I am instructing you authoritatively tonight that what I'm about to tell you, this is what you are supposed to do. What I'm about to share with you. And this is the words that Paul used when he shared this with Timothy. And look at verse 2. We all know what it says. I charge you, preach the word. I can tell you right now, we are a word church. Amen. We preach the word. I don't preach. The, I don't preach three points in a poem. Although I might have three points, I might have a poem. Hallelujah. Amen. But you got to preach the word. Preach the word. The word. The unadulterated truth of the word of God. Preach the. Don't be a seeker sensitive church. Preach the word. Glory to God. We're sneaker sensitive. Not seeker sensitive. Sneaker. You can run at our church. Hallelujah. <laughs> but preach the word. Preach the word. The word preach. Listen. That, the language that is used here is abrupt, emphatic, with strong emotion and intense earnestness. In other words, what Paul is saying is, I could just see Paul right now while he's writing this to Timothy. And he's going... Timothy, Timothy, listen to me. Listen to me. One thing you got to do is preach the Word. That's how I feel like Paul was writing. Amen. Amen. You got to preach the Word. I mean, I'm telling you right now, preach the Word. Preach the Word. Declare it. Live on it. Abide by it. Walk in it. One thing Albemarle ought to know. Boomerang Church preaches the Word of God. You need healing, go to Boomerang. You need delivering, go to Boomerang. You need love, go to Boomerang. You need answers, go to Boomerang. Preach the Word. Glory to God. How many people have quit preaching the Word? Don't want to offend anybody. Don't want to upset the folk. Preach the Word. I said, preach the word. I charge you to preach the word. Can you say amen? amen? Preach the word. Be ready. 
in season and out of season. Real simple. You know what the word be ready means? Be ready. <laughs> be ready. I tell my wife, we're going to leave at 8 o'clock. Be ready. We're leaving at 8. Why is it always 8.10? Why is it 8.15? Be ready. Hallelujah. So I tell her we're going to leave at 8.15. I mean, I tell her, I want to leave at 8.15. So I tell her we're going to leave at 8. Hallelujah. So we'll be ready. She's not saying anything, is she? Be ready. Be ready. Be ready to preach the word in season and out of season. The words be ready there means, this is all it means is to press on and to press in. you got to be willing to press on and press in regardless of what the enemy brings your way. you got to be willing to press on and press in regardless of what happens. And I've seen that in you. Listen, there's one thing about your pastor. He knows folk everywhere. I mean, this man knows people everywhere. I mean, I don't know how he knows everybody. But he knows people everywhere. And he knows a little bit about everything. He does. Hallelujah. But you got to be ready. you got to press on. And you got to press in. Because see, there's one thing for sure. The enemy does not want Boomerang Church... To make it. He does not want Boomerang Church to grow. He does not want Boomerang Church to go to new levels and new heights. And he'll do everything he can to stop it. But he's a defeated foe. You just continue to preach the word. And you be ready. You press on. You press in. Regardless of what. In season and out of season. When you feel like it. When you don't feel like it. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. You come to church, you come to church, you got joy no matter what's going on in your life. My wife and I go to church, nobody knows if we're having an opportunity. Because I don't come, no, nobody knows. Hallelujah, you know why? I don't come to church, I don't come to church with my head hung down. Oh boy, pray for me brother that I can hang on. Hallelujah. Quit, how, are y'all with me? You got to be ready. You got to press on. You got to press in. Glory to God. Be ready in season and out of season. You got to convince. You got to preach the word convincingly to cause the lost to get saved, to cause the bound to be freed, to cause the poor to become prosperous. Are y'all with me? Yeah. Hallelujah. One thing I can tell you right now, I, we're going you got to preach the word convincingly. You need to convince. You got to change. You got preach the word. Preach the Word. Preach the Word. Be ready in season, out of season. Convince. Rebuke. Rebuke. There comes a time you have to rebuke folk. There comes a time people have to be dealt with. Some people don't like being confronted. And some people don't like to confront. You know, I used to hate it. I used to not like confronting people. But now I... It's not that I love it now. I mean, it's not that I love it now. But after 34 years, I've had to do it once or twice. But you have to be willing as a pastor 
to be able to sit down with somebody and point out what's going on in their life and to be able to, to, to rebuke a situation if necessary in love to change their life and to change what the enemy's trying to do to their family and we have to be willing to do it and in the midst of that you preach the word. Hallelujah. All counseling ought to do is point you back to the Word. Are y'all with me? Preach the Word. Be instant in season, out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort. Hallelujah. Exhort. Tell everybody how wonderful they are. Exhort them. Encourage them. Glory to God. Keep encouraging. That's your pastor. He'll encourage you in a heartbeat. Won't he? Encourage, praise God, with all long-suffering. Oh, man. I wish Paul hadn't used that word. He used it a lot because he understood what it meant to have endurance. He understood what it meant to hang in there. He understood what it meant to not give up. Can you say amen? amen. So I charge you tonight to preach the word. Because here's, here's what Pastor Chris said earlier. There's coming a time when people, and I believe we're seeing it like never before right now, there are people that are running from the Word, that are going around to doctrines that will just itch their ears like never before. But I'm telling you, God brought you to Albemarle so that you could be a place that, come, that would preach the word that would love, rebuke, comfort and give direction to those that have need in their where they're headed with their families and with their life. You got to preach the word. If you don't hear anything else that's said tonight, preach the word. Preach the word. Amen? And when you do and you continue to take the step that you're headed into and the direction that and and, wow, I just heard this in my spirit. One of the things you got to make sure of is that your feet are firmly planted right here. Now, I'm not saying they're not. But firmly planted right here in Boomerang Church. This is numero uno. Well, God's first. Nicole is second. Two beautiful daughters. And your son is third. The church is fourth. Hallelujah. The church is for. And so what happens is though. Do you know what happens in too many. Oh and another thing let me charge you with this. And I've seen this happen in so many young pastors. And I've seen this happen in so many pastors throughout the years. And a lot of things that have happened in pastors throughout the years. Is their marriages have been ruined. Their families have been ruined. Because they pursued the ministry before their family. They pursued ministry. Matter of fact, early on in our church, when we started our church, I had an affair early on. Now, it wasn't with a woman. It wasn't with a man either. Hallelujah. <laughs> I need to clear that up, praise God. Especially nowadays, you've got to clear that one up. Wasn't with a man or a woman. Hallelujah. It was with the ministry. I had an affair with the ministry. And I was running around trying to meet everybody's needs at the church. I was running around the country trying to do all these things. I was, I was going to this meeting and that meeting. And I was trying to do so much. 
and a wedge came between my wife and I. Right down between my wife and I. We were living together. We were, we were in love with each other. But there was no emotional. We had nothing for each other. I had nothing emotionally for my family. I had nothing for her. I had nothing for my children. So in other words, what I did was I committed emotional adultery. Emotional adultery. See, we know what physical adultery is. Spiritual adultery is when Christians are friends with the world, is what the Bible says. And we truly, everybody in this room, I'm sure, understands what physical adultery is. But emotional adultery destroys more homes than the other. And emotional adultery is when a, when a man gets his needs met from his job, from a sport, or from his friends. And or when a woman gets her needs met from children, job, or friends. Rather than getting their emotional needs met from each other. My wife is my best friend. I go nowhere without her. We go together. We are together. And so what we must understand is. That you also, congregation. Let me share this with you. What happens many times in many young pastors is because they love you so very much. And because sometimes it happens in when, a, when a church is starting out and a church is moving along, going in a direction, and uh, there's growth, and then there, the enemy comes to try to stop that growth and comes and brings in a little division in, within the body then the pastor does everything he can then to minister to everyone so he doesn't lose anybody else. Are y'all hearing me? And then what happens is, then the, the congregation begins to pull on the pastor in ways that brings him in separation from his family. So I just challenge you tonight, congregation. I charge you tonight, this is not Brian, this is pastor. This is Pastor Nicole. Pastor Brian. And they also have a life outside of Boomerang Church. They have a life at home. They have a family. And unless it's an emergency, why don't you call them in the daytime and not at night? Amen? Call them in the daytime. How are you, instead of calling them, every, I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, every one of y'all got his cell phone number. Because that's just him. That's just him. Hallelujah. So I charge you. To, the second thing that I charge the congregation to do is to pray. You must pray for your pastor. You must lift him up. You must lift them up. Lift their family up. You must pray for them. Can you say amen? amen? The third thing you must do is you must be on the wall watching. You must be the watchman in the congregation that when the enemy tries to bring up things within the wall, just like with Nehemiah, what the destruction that came in the beginning came from within. Came from within. Hallelujah. That didn't get them, so they came from without. So you must realize you must stay on the wall in protection of your pastors and of Boomerang Church and of the vision to what God has called them to do.
Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. So, I charge you tonight. The calling, as Pastor Chris said, was before you were born. God knew you'd be here tonight. God knew we'd be here tonight. God knew this was taking place tonight. And He has established and set you in a place and in a position that you can take some steps to move forward. But you've got to make sure that you preach the Word. And be instant in season and out of season. And walk in the fullness of your calling, not someone else's. Walk in the fullness of your calling and not someone else's. Walk in the fullness of your calling and not someone else's. I tried my best when we first started our church to teach like he taught. He can stand in one spot and teach the word for hours. And your life will be changed. Line upon line, precept upon precept, and go down. I tried my best to do that. But that's not me. I'm going to scream, shout, jump up and down, kick my feet, run around. I'm going to do it. That's me. But you got to be who you call to be. You can't be, you can't mimic Agape Faith Church. You can't mimic Life of Faith Fellowship. You can't mimic anybody else. You got to do what God's called you to do. And you got to be who God called you to be. And do what He called you to do. Amen? Amen. Y'all come up here. Pastor, pastors, Chris and Jan, David and Talitha. Glory to God. Come stand right here, both of you. Matter of fact, can y'all kneel? Is it okay? Can you kneel? All right. Is that okay? Yep. Congregation, all the leaders of the church, if you're, if you're on the ELT or you are in charge of a team, how do you get this thing open? Somebody open that. Would you come up here? If you're on the ELT, come up here. Thank you, sir. Y'all come over. Pastor. Pastor, you want to say anything? Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Congregation, y'all stretch your arms out here. Stretch your arms in faith out here. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Everybody get some oil on your hands. We're going to lay hands on them. We're going to anoint them with oil. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all pray. Go ahead and pray. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, tonight, we're taking this step in the natural that you've already taken in the Spirit. You've already ordained them. But tonight, Father God, as We are laying our hands on them.
as an acknowledgement of what you've already done. And tonight, we release over them the spirit of wisdom, glory to God, of all the years that we've been in ministry, that we've learned that they will be able to take hold of in the realm of the Spirit tonight. Glory to God. It will be conferred over them. It will be released over them tonight. And that in the Spirit, they will take hold of your wisdom like never before. There will be those from this moment forward that will look at the two of them. Glory to God. There will be those that will look at the two of you and they will wonder how did you gain that wisdom your early age? How did you gain that wisdom in that area at your age? And it's because tonight there is a release. Tonight there is a recognition. Tonight, there is an honor being released upon you that you can walk in from this moment forward. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, we thank you for it, Father. Now, we lay our hands on you and we anoint you with oil right now and we release glory to God. Brando. Ogende le brogunda rigada brago le brede. Bronzende le brocoto rebosike le rebogala de 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 biande. Monda rimagando la bragande. Brosigle boda. Bronza glande. Brisicara brando. Bricaramando. Brisi de brato. Oh, glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. Corre bayande. Oh, and tonight, we stand with this couple tonight. And we arrest the plan that the enemy's laid against them. We arrest the plans that the enemy's laid against their future. We arrest the plans tonight in the name of Jesus. And we call you to know we release an anointing upon them. An anointing that will carry them. An anointing that they will walk in. And they will walk in a fresh new fire. And a fresh new anointing. They will speak with, they will speak, they will speak, they will speak with new tongues. Glory to God. With a new tongue. You'll speak with new tongues. A new tongue. You'll, you'll speak with a new tongue. Hallelujah. A new tongue of the Spirit, but a new tongue in their natural language. When you begin to stand and you begin to declare His Word, when you stand and you begin to declare His Word, it will be as if another man and another woman is speaking. Glory to God. Glory to God. Revelation coming. Revelation coming. But not just that. Father, I see in my spirit now. You showing them their future. You showing them things and steps that no man will be able to deceive. That no man will be able to stop. That no man will be able to turn. That no man will be able to push back. But Father, they 
will be able to move forward. And this leadership team that is with them will uphold them and will move forward with them. Glory to God. Woo! In a greater level. A greater level. And a greater anointing than ever before. Stronger, greater anointing than ever before. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yes, and yes, and yes. Yeah, the name Boomerang came from me. For there will be times you'll pray, and prayers will go up. And yeah, the boomerang effect will come to pass. And you'll see it, and you'll know, and you'll say, yeah, I prayed that out in the Spirit, and now God will have His way. A way to move out, a way to go, a way to see, a way to show. And many will come, and yes, some will go, but there will be a group that will show that they mean business with me. And then you'll know the next step will come, and you see. And with the things of me, you'll run, and you'll know, and you'll know my work here is there and everywhere and you'll see and you'll know and you'll come to a place with me that many things will come to pass and many things will show how miraculous and how great a God that you serve glory to God <clears throat> thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for the grace yes. that you've given them. Yes. To be there for their children. Yes. To be there for Abigail and Rachel and Luke. To love them and to bring yes. them up in a home where there is peace and love and joy. That they, Father God, might walk in that security of that love all the days of their life. And we declare no weapon for no weapon. Shall prosper no weapon. No weapon. No we weapon. Declare those children are blessed and great is their peace and their talk of the Lord in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'd like you both to look up. You may miss just a second. The call, the responsibility that goes with it, and the charge. I have not given as a weight unto you. But 1 Peter 4.11 If any man minister, let him do so as of the ability that God giveth, that God in all things might be glorified. So be at peace and be without the weight. Just walk day by day. You can breathe now. <laughs> it's kind of like you can kiss the bride now. I mean, it's over. <laughs> you are accepted. You don't have to strive for it. You don't have to work for it. 
You don't have to push for it. You don't have to worry about it. Your, number one, your heavenly Father, of course, accepts you. Number two, your congregation accepts you. Number three, we all accept you as to who you are and the gifts that God's placed within you. So just walk in that peace. Walk in. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. All you got to do is please your heavenly Father and move forward in Him. Glory to God. Do what God has called you to do. And if you'll just look at what God's called you and these leaders that are here with you, what y'all are called to do here, do that and watch what God... You look back in a year from now and you'll look back and wonder, what? how did God do all that He has done? One year from now, this is what, February what, the 28th? Is there 28 days next year? I mean, I don't know. This is 29, right? No, tomorrow's 29. Okay, this is a leap year. Okay, there's always 28 days, right? Okay, see? Hallelujah. February 28th next year. You, you mark this down. February 28th next year, you turn around and you look back through that year. And you're going to be amazed at what God has done. You're going to be amazed at what God has done. Amen.